Roger, Roger. Roger, Roger. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Roger, Roger. As always, I'm Derek. This is Charles here, guys. Super excited for yet another very exciting episode of the Roger, Roger podcast. Hope everyone had a good turkey day, turkey oh, yeah. week. We had a little hiatus there. <clears throat> little time off, but it's good to be off. back. Yeah, and you know, it's just a few more weeks till Life Day. Until then, we're just going to keep the episodes coming. We don't talk about Life Day. <laughs> Not in this episode, thankfully. No. <laughs> but but yeah, we, uh, we're we back, and I think uh, we're, we have a good topic today. We were planning this one for a while. We are pretty excited about it, as mm-hmm. Charles said. We're doing headcanons, AUs, whatever you want to call them, about where Grogu was during the sequel trilogy, and maybe mm-hmm. a little before that, a little after, but in that general time period. Right. Yeah, Star Wars has not really talked about this yet. We have a couple of shows that might get into it, and I know there's um, there's was an announcement that the sequel trilogy is not dead. We'll see those characters in some capacity else in some other form. So I, I, this is something that may be a topic in the next year or two, three years. Who knows? But it's a it's a hot one. I yeah, think. I think it raises some interesting questions. This is something I wonder all the time, and we we've talked mm-hmm. about Star Wars being like kind of writing itself into corners sometimes when you have direct sequels or prequels or something it's like okay Anakin has to become Darth Vader this character has to not be in the original trilogy this character right. has to be in the sequel trilogy these characters have to be related blah 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 right the one thing i just don't think anyone could have hoped for the wild success that was baby yoda aka grogu <laughs> like i think disney was anticipating a hit but I don't think they anticipated the like pop culture phenomena, especially yeah, after the sequels, the sequels were <laughs> yeah, way more loved, way right. more. And so now they have this thing where it's like, man, we this was written like the timelines are all off. Like, where was this guy in the sequel trilogy? Because right. you know, if the re- release patterns were reversed, Grogu would be all over the sequel trilogy. I would imagine, mm-hmm. but he's not. So you have to ask yourself, what the heck? is that guy up to and where is he and that is just kind of the whole discussion that we're having today yeah it's a it's a pretty interesting one because a lot you can go down a lot of different routes with this mm-hmm. but um i think something they shouldn't do is um what they did with the clone wars and ahsoka and i think that was excellent excellently done the way mm-hmm. It was kind of like Ahsoka was in Episode Three, but you just didn't really see her. But she was she was there, and that's how right. Disney handled um, the last season of the Clone and Wars. Ahsoka is a great example, yeah, because right. she's one who was again written after the fact. It's like, well, right. obviously Anakin doesn't have a pad on one in Clone Wars or Episode Three, so you know this character something has to happen to them, and they don't come back in the like original trilogy. Nothing. Mm-hmm. So what happens to this character and? But she was meshed in so well. There were even scenes that were, I think, in the final season of The Clone Wars where Anakin left a scene in... Um, episode three, and almost immediately after, he w- it was a Clone oh, yeah. Wars scene. You know, yeah, I mean? like so, I enjoyed it yeah. thoroughly. Oh yeah, I, like it makes sense. It's just a shame that we don't get more Ahsoka, but obviously right. we don't because she was written hey, after the soon. fact. I mean, we'll, we'll, we've yeah. we've gotten more of her already, but it's interesting. It's like, where were you the whole yeah. original trilogy? <laughs> like, what the heck? Yeah. So, and there's other TV shows and stuff like that, and maybe the same thing is is 
destined for a Grogu. Maybe they'll follow the same formula, but, you know, we well, have some Well, I hope they don't, cannon. actually. I hope it's a little mm-hmm. different, um, because, the, you know, that worked with Ahsoka and meshing her into Episode 3 in certain spots, but I hope they don't do the same with Grogu in the sequel trilogy. I think mm-hmm. having something more similar to how Ahsoka was gone in the original trilogy, off doing her own thing, not involved with galactic politics, is something they should consider with that, instead of, like, having him pop up in scenes, or being integral to the plot, just not in the plot. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Right. Yeah. So um, I think we should start with a little timeline order so everybody knows what we're talking about. So we have uh, Return of the Jedi. Luke is around 23. Mandalorian, five years after. We obviously see uh, Luke again at 28. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we remember a little before that, Ahsoka meets up with Mando and Grogu and then leaves him with Mando. Um, and then even further down the line, we have The Force Awakens, which is 30 years after Return of the Jedi, five years after Mandalorian, uh, maybe, you know, a little later than, um, or not five, 25 years after Mandalorian, sorry. <laughs> yeah. And um, Luke is 53. Go- Grogu is now around 80, which is a little interesting. So I guess our headcanon is uh, part, part of it depends on how we see an 80-year-old Yoda species, you know? Right. I don't know if there's anywhere that explicitly says how old these characters are, but I feel like 80 is still on the young side. I think think they're pretty explicit. Yeah, so it's not like an 80-year-old Yoda species is going to be an adult. Maybe a preteen, maybe a teen, but... I forget how old Yoda was, but it was like hundreds of years Yoda old. Yoda was right? like 900 yeah. or something. <laughs> right. Yeah. So still quite young. Yeah. But would he, I mean, still, I mean, it depends on how the um, the species matures, you know. It's true. But we'll see. It could well, be headcanon you know, is headcanon head, so head far. Is headcanon. I think the yeah. only rules that we have to abide by with headcanon, because, you know, anything goes, but I think you have to respect the timeline of mm-hmm. the sequel trilogy. You can't rewrite the sequel trilogy facts like Luke right. Skywalker is around, he had the school and everything that that means and the school's gone now so it's like you have to like he can't just be oh he was training with luke the whole time it's like well he couldn't have possibly been so i think the one thing is we have to respect the actual canon series of events no contradictions yeah no contradictions yeah Yeah, that's a great way to put it and just weave grogu in somehow or not at all you know that's what it is Mm -hmm. but i think that's an important rule but that's an interesting yeah i think otherwise it's not really it can't even be a headcanon you're making up your own that's an AU, I guess. Right, right. And Maybe we know that, you know, there's some pieces of the Empire, New Order, whatever it is, that mm-hmm. are interested in Grogu. And Luke has him, and then Luke doesn't have him. So it's like, what happened there? You know, the implication of that is quite interesting. And, um, yeah, is there anything else we need to consider about the timeline before we share ideas? No, I think we're ready to rock. All you right. want to go first? Um, sure, I can go first because mine is interesting. It's different. Okay. So cool. we know that Grogu is taken by Luke, right? We assume that Luke is taking him to train him in his 
in Grogu's abilities because we know Grogu's force sensitive. Luke is trying to, I, I think at this point, start the school or maybe he's already started it. But if he started it, he wouldn't be running around recruiting yeah. <laughs> on his own. So I think he's trying to find people. So I think Grogu is an early recruit, right? So mm-hmm. maybe he travel. I, I like the picture of him traveling around with Luke, finding other force sensitive beings to create the new school. He's like the first class. Uh, of Luke's Jedi school, right. um, w- which we know um, Ben Solo becomes a member of the school a little while later, not too much later, I would imagine. So there's these fun sequences that we could have of Luke. And, I mean, could you imagine a series of just Luke and Baby Yoda going around episodically, yeah. <laughs> finding Force-sensitive people and um, like indoctrinating them into their cult it would be pretty wild (laughs) yeah so i like to think that that happens for a little while and i mean we have 25 years to cover right so i think within a short period of time they have enough for like a first class and school's in session and i think we get a period of time where grogu is in luke's jedi training school and this is a piece of the AU that I've always been interested in is like a post Jedi Luke experimenting with the force and being like this force guru and being able to right. do all kinds of cool stuff. So I think if we got to see some of that application through like the school process, I think that'd be very cool. And to see Luke training people in the force and stuff like that. So I see Grogu being a student, but I I see him kind of being like the runt of the litter for lack of a better phrase i think he's gonna like all the classic school tropes i think he's gonna have a bully (laughs) i think he's gonna have maybe a crush that's like not quite into him (laughs) you know i think he's gonna have i think he's gonna get like beat up shoved in the lockers like whatever you know i think all that's gonna happen i think he's gonna be bad at sports he's gonna be (laughs) bad at the lightsaber applications you know i I, know yeah i just think he's really more of a sensitive like quiet yeah, you know, if he gets with his nerd friends and plays mm-hmm. like board games or something, you know, <laughs> um, starts a Star Wars podcast or something. That's kind of yeah. where I see him in the lane of of his aptitude. Pretty much an average student also. Like, I think he shines most in his Force abilities. I'm guessing that's part of, like, their species. Like, the Yoda species is probably very right. Force sensitive. Um so I'm thinking that's all part of it. I think, you know, like, let's say eight years goes by, right? A proper, like, schooling time. And uh, Luke is basically like, you've graduated, you know, middle of your class. <laughs> Congratulations. <laughs> um, maybe you should, you know, you're clearly not going to be part of the fight for the rebels. You know, why don't you, like, go explore the world and see if, like, the Jedi life is for you. You know, I think there's a moment where you finish school and then you decide if you're going to like pledge to the Jedi order or not. Kind of like Amish people, they go off into the wild before they come back. A and rum be- springer for Jedi. Yeah, rum springer for Jedi, right? I like it. So I think Grogu goes on his rum springer. And this is the moment where he um, seeks out Mando, I think. That's probably the most oh, natural I thing like that. that he would do. Right, like what? Like what else is he gonna do? Yeah. So I think he goes to find Mando, and when he's out and he's searching, I think that's when the Empire starts to like 
pick up his trail again because they aren't going to go anywhere near Luke Skywalker, I don't think. And just a school full of... I think he just would be protected in the school. I think wherever Luke's school right. is is going to be like a, a safe haven. But now that he's out and about, I still think he's going to have the attention of the Empire. So I think you have him kind of naively walking through the wild, getting picked getting the attention of the Empire. But I do think he successfully finds Mando through a series of a whirlwind of adventures that you guys are just going to love. And then there's... Mando season seven. Yes, there's a very touching moment where Grogu meets up with Mando. But it's interesting because it's like, you know, 10 years later, Grogu's only aged a slight bit. Mando's probably quite old at this point. I don't know how old Mando is. uh, uh, Din Djarin at the... uh, during the time the, of the Mando, but he seems middle aged. Like he seems pretty uh, experienced. I, Maybe like thirties. I give him late thirties at his best. Late thirties, early forties. Yeah. yeah, I think that's appropriate. So now he's like you know retirement age. Let's just say. Let's just yeah, say he definitely. was in like his early he would forties, late thirties, yeah. and now he's like fifty five, sixty somewhere in there. Maybe. Oh, and so now it's like. Okay, Mando's kind of slowed down a little bit, but he's still on the road, right? Because this is the life he's known, and he's still right. doing bounty hunter stuff. This is the way. He's Yeah, this is the way, and he still hasn't let up on his quest to, like, find the scientists and, it's like, stop all that shenanigans and right. help force sensitive people not get captured. And he's had his own adventures, which I'm not going to get into mm-hmm. today because this is the Grove the grow gay you episode so <laughs> mando's had his own adventures i think largely motivated by finding the cloning facilities and shutting that down and all of mm-hmm. that while picking and up probably helping his you know his subset of mandalorians exactly and picking up bounties along the way to pay the bills and stuff but yeah. i think they reunite and they try and go back to their old dynamic but i think a lot of the magic was just gone obviously the love is still there but mando's older grogu is not like a baby anymore and he's but also he's not like a crazy jedi he's not really that helpful he's very he's clearly not a bounty hunter and he the bounty hunter lifestyle is just not for grogu and mando's getting kind of old so it's like this the magic spark that we saw in mando season one and two is just not quite there and i think they both feel it but they try and make it work and you love that you love them for that eventually their adventures Get them to what I'll call a Paris-like planet. Just a planet Ooh. that looks like Paris everywhere. Because <laughs> you know how Star Wars, this planet is one thing, and it's the whole planet is the one thing. So this is the Paris planet. And you could tell right away Grogu's quite smitten with the Paris planet. You know, it's very romantic. It's lots of great bakeries. He's eating baguettes. He's eating um, He's eating his, um, well, what are they called? The, the candy that's... The, the blue candy that's very fancy, that's sugary. He was eating it in season two, the blue candy. Oh. Macaroons? Uh, Is it macaroons? He's that's eat- n- it's close. Yeah, but he's eating. Not, yeah. Yeah. They're, I know they're macaroons, right? So, But they're Space not just macaroons. blue. They're a whole spectrum macaroons. of colors. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> so he is just like absolutely smitten with this and this you know bakery owner or whatever is like showing him around inspired by his passion and mendo sees this like happiness and the spark in, in, in grogu and finally grogu is actually passionate about something and talented in, in something so mendo sees this and he's like oh this is 
an interesting path, but but it's a non-violent path, which is something that the Mando like can't fully like take part in himself. You know, he's a bounty hunter. He's been fighting his his whole life, and he hasn't been able to trust anyone, and he's always ended up alone, and this, that, and the other thing. Right. So here's what happens, and this is the touching moment for me. Right? They have a a moment, and they go look. He goes, Grogu, you'll like always be in my family. I'll, I'll love you forever. But the bounty hunter life is not for you. I, I think you'd be happy here. Like, you'd have my blessing to like stay here and try to make a life for yourself as a Paris planet a baker uh, of of some kind. And what does he do? He takes his helmet, the Beskar helmet. Whoa. Okay. Melts it down. And takes the Beskar and sells it and gives the money to Grogu as kind of like a like a inheritance moment, mm-hmm. right? Like a like I'm moving on and maybe we rewrite this so that Mando is a little older and a little more checked out. Maybe he's retiring or something, right? I'm not sure how we do this. Maybe, maybe he leaves Grogu at the time and Grogu's training and shows a great like aptitude for it and there's more years right. that go by but at some point i have this moment where um dinjar and the mandalorian this helmet right like it was how much was sacrificed to make this armor for him and how much right. has that been ingrained in his identity and how much does it like it's iconic right that his, his helmet is iconic it's everything yeah, and it's, it's part of his like barrier is life yeah, and you know, the moments throughout the show is when he takes it off. It's like a big deal because it shows that he's trusting and compassionate and loving. And it, it kind of contradicts with his his upbringing and his, and his heritage, I guess, you, his culture, I guess you'd say. So it's always been the symbol of kind of progression for him. It's a very powerful symbol, too. It's iconic, right? So yeah. the fact that he's like this, I like this idea of retirement and I like this idea of kind of like, you get my inheritance, I'm passing this down to you kind of thing. And him seeing Grogu as that, I think is very powerful. So I think at some point he melts the helmet down and gives him the Beskar. The Beskar is used to, for Grogu to open up his own bakery. And that's just where he is in the sequel trilogy. He's in a Paris planet and he's making baked goods and he's happy. Because, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes... People don't grow up to be heroes. Sometimes people aren't born talented. And I think there's an opportunity in Star Wars to tell a story that there's nothing wrong with choosing a happy, peaceful life. I feel like so much in Star Wars is you're the chosen one, you're so powerful, you're good, they're bad, you have to fight, it's the rebellion, it's the resistance. It's like Grogu's an opportunity to say, hey, there's also the opportunity to just kind of settle in life and be happy and be peaceful and that can't be overlooked and i I, and then i think there's this wonderful subtext here that thanks to the mandalorian grogu doesn't get to grow up as a hero of legend but he does get to grow old and that doesn't happen a lot with our heroes so I, I think that is kind of the overall message that I would send through my Grogu. You kind of this peaceful, quiet life away from the politics and the fighting and the murder and the betrayal and the regeneration and the Sith cults and the like lab <laughs> villain 
guys right. like well, away Tony, from all yeah. of that. Away, yeah, away from all of that, and he gets to live a um a happy life as a as a baker in a Paris like planet. That's that's my grow gay you head canon completed. That is yeah, not something <laughs> that I I would have thought of. I love it, Charles. I <laughs> think you. it's it's very interesting. It's a definitely a new way to look at it and to conclude the story and it doesn't um and it does what i like it doesn't push him into scenes in the mm-hmm. sequel trilogy he doesn't come yeah, across he's... those characters he he does his own thing and mm-hmm. i think that's a, a cool thing plus who wouldn't want to uh you know open the oven with the force you don't have to wear oven mitts or anything oh, exactly you know? yeah and i'm sure right. his food would be bomb too you know oh yeah yeah like nice and sweet we know he likes eggs we know he likes eggs we know he likes macaroons um we know he has this sense of wonder and mischievism around him that I think would make him a creative uh, baker, chef, yeah. person. And I just don't think he's suited for fighting. I don't see him flying around like Yoda does, chopping heads off of guys and like throwing his lightsaber right. into the chest of somebody and like all this other stuff. I, I just I can understand it. that. And it's like, I don't want to see him be like, moments behind or in front of some of these sequel cast members it's like and so much of the sequel trilogy they were so close they kept having this thing of like we could do our own thing we could put like put these like empire rebellion first order things behind us and like live our own lives and do our own thing together and it's like that's an interesting proposition i mean obviously kylo ren is a crazy person but (laughs) In, with Grogu's case and Mandalorian's case, they're just middle-of-the-road guys, and they're, like, on the verge of greatness, but they're not, like, Luke Skywalker caliber. And I think right. it's an important message to send to anyone, but especially children, who a large part of people watching Star Wars are children, you know? Kids love Baby Yoda. I I think it's an important message to say, hey, look, it's okay to not be the most successful person in the class, or you're, you, don't, you don't have to be the one guy rising up to fight ultimate evil. It's like you can be the guy that goes to work and likes what they do and is just happy and has fun adventures yeah. sometimes. Like, that's how most people are, should live their lives. Like, they should feel accomplished and fulfilled living a quieter life you know i think that's a very important message to send to kids and i think grogu is an opportunity to do that i don't know i think you could still make it interesting and i think there's a lot of character growth that needs to happen to accept that both with mando and and grogu and maybe even luke skywalker too yeah no i think there's a lot that could come out of this i think it would be really interesting to see or read Mm -hmm. i think this could be a good book too or maybe a series um, mm-hmm. But there's a lot that, like you said, it wouldn't be boring. There's a lot that happens. And like you said, the character growth uh, over a number of different characters would be really engaging to say. Yeah, because I know, mean, think about I how really much like, like the Mandalorian sacrificed, how much attention he had from the Empire being trained mm-hmm. by Luke. The amount of pressure that that puts on you to be like the ultimate, the next Yoda, right? <laughs> like right. everyone's like, oh, you're going to be the next Yoda. You're going to be so badass. And From a guy who knew Yoda yeah. and you're in the first class of Luke's new Jedi school. Like, yeah. come on, it's going to be like three kids. But it's and okay you're all supposed to be to the be best. Raised, you know? right. Saying you're going to be the best. You're super popular. Yeah. Everyone likes you to then not go on to be the chosen one. Like that's a path that I think is very interesting yeah. and creatively 
very fresh for a Star Wars story. It kind of reminds me of Tatooine Rhapsody. Remember when we talked about Star Wars Visions mm-hmm. where I was like, there's a message in there that I like, even though we ranked it they, pretty low yeah. in our rankings. And they missed it. Well, it's because they missed it a little bit, but it's yeah. there. But it's kind of there. My favorite thing about that story was that it was a, hey, hey, be yourself, yeah. <laughs> you know? It's okay, yeah. Yeah, 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 exactly. So... Yeah, it's cl- that was it was close, but I think you did a better job getting the message <laughs> and the philosophy across. So that's that's my pitch. Wow. Yeah. I'm a fan. Definitely Thank out of you. left field for Star Wars. But <laughs> I, I was like, like it. I'm going for it because I just when yeah. I tried to picture Grogu like all grown up, I pictured him in Paris making macarons. <laughs> so I'm like, you just had a vision. I'm you had make... a vision of you had a vision. I had a Star Wars vision. You had I wanted, a Star I Wars if vision. Disney would I love give it. me the. Um, Fright to use Baby Grogu in an episode. Well, you could, Probably not. You could, no. <laughs> they would definitely not. But you could write it if you want with uh, it's yeah. free for Yeah, you could do write it. Write some fan fiction. There you go. I mean, that's like three different seasons of a show, right? It's yeah. Like no, I'm saying you got a the trilogy. Luke, in your hands, Baby Charles. Yoda getting a school together, the actual school. Mm-hmm. They're reuniting with Mando and then the post Mando yeah. like retirement world so it's all there it's all the beats i'm a fan but that's my story what i want to hear now is what you've got cooking up right. for a grogue au head now yes mine is more traditional star wars mm-hmm. i went with what i thought i had to tweak some stuff there was stuff i wanted to put in that i don't th- but i went with what i thought would actually happen in in like meta reason like in what would star wars and lucasfilms actually consider doing okay interesting. so that was like my, you're yeah. trying to guess what they're actually would do maybe not guess but but like not just so we one of our rules was we don't want to contradict canon mm-hmm. we can't that's ruled out i'm i'm i imposed another rule not a rule but it's kind of it was in my thought process mm-hmm. that i will not contradict what i think Lucasfilm would actually do in real life. So, because I, I want it to flow as as well as it can in, like, I want this to be. You could put it right in, and it, nobody would bat an eye. Okay. You know? Yeah. So here, that's what uh, I start with. So we know at the end of Mandalorian season two, uh, Grogu goes off with Luke. We have a, a similar overlap, but we'll get to that. Mm-hmm. So um, Luke starts off trying to train Grogu. He's still a little young. He may be 50, but he's still a little young to really get some of the technical stuff. You know, he kind of waddles. So a lot of his training is actually more in communication and philosophy. And it kind of taps out at a certain point. So maybe he's only with Luke for six months, um, Mm. two years, not too long. So he has a bit more force control. He understands a bit more about the force as a whole, what it means, not to be a Jedi, but what the force means. He knows a little bit about Jedi philosophy and because Luke would teach all of these things completely different than the old Jedi order. So I think that really benefits Grogu, but then his, um, He's basically capped out. He can't learn anything new until he develops physically. Mm-hmm. So I think he meets up back with Mando. They go on Adventures Mando Season 2, uh, I mean Season 3, 4, 5, whatever you want. And that all happens while he's still little marketable baby Yoda. Mm-hmm. Eventually, Grogu gets to a point where he is in real youngling range. So he goes back. <laughs> Yeah, he goes back with Luke, who now has 
Uh, he may not be in the first class, but he is in an early class in his new Jedi Academy. There's maybe, you know, 10 students in the whole thing. There's not, you know, Luke is having trouble finding Force users because nobody, you know, they had a whole system for doing that. And you basically have Luke and Leia teaching new younglings. Uh, yeah, I forgot about Leia. Mm-hmm. So Grogu trains um, for a while. Could be At this point, it could be anywhere between 10 and I think 25 years. I'm going with like a 15. So basically, he develops physically. He's now probably in his late 70s or early or mid-60s, something like that. So he's a capable warrior. He's a capable Jedi Knight. And he's been training so long, he could probably take on a Padawan if he wanted. Or they might not do that. They might have him just be a teacher and help... um, teach some of the other students but instead because he's less of a fighter and he's more kind of like you said he's more calm and more reserved Mm -hmm. and more it's hard to see him flinging around jumping like yoda so i think he becomes more of a like a trusted jedi knight to luke like an advisor almost Mm -hmm. he goes to different planets to find younglings he goes to other planets to peaceful He's a recruiter and an actual peacekeeper. He'll go to a planet to settle a small dispute, what you know the Jedi were supposed to do instead of just going and lightsabering everything. Right, right. So he would do stuff like that. He would go on missions because he's been a Jedi for a while now, and his reputation would build within the little order. And let me see. So are you and, saying that Grogu becomes a Jedi? In this. Yes, I do. He becomes okay. a Jedi, but more of a a, a peaceful one. He is very averse to fighting, right? And he wants to, fight, but he can. He's a very capable force user at this point. But mm. he's still, you know, he's still he's not a youngling because he's old enough to be a Jedi Knight. Mm. But he's still not as powerful as he will become. So he doesn't find himself find himself in too dangerous of a situation. Over this course of time, um, Ahsoka would be in the mix. She would, um, obviously, her character would love to meet Anakin's son, and she would want to check in on Grogu. So I believe she would um, jump in and out of Luke's uh, academy, kind of teaching a couple of lessons, giving a different point of view on the Jedi and the Force, and she would um, just kind of be in in the mix in Grogu's life, Maybe go on some crazy adventures on some other planets while he's out doing a mission or two. Mm-hmm. And that goes on for a pretty long time until Kylo Ren takes, uh, destroys the school, unfortunately. Uh, so now here's. So is Grogu there when Kylo destroys the school? Here we go. You're right. Oh, okay. So, um, oh, and one of the other things I, would, uh, I wanted to mention is the, the thought of the Academy would. Um, I think the first thing that would come up if you're talking about the old Jedi Order is would Luke allow Grogu to have this attachment to the Mandalorian and go back to him or to and I think he would. I think think that whole thing exactly that would be out of the teachings and even if uh, and even more so if Ahsoka was popping in because she wants to be with other Jedi other force users Mm -hmm. but not as part of the school kind of like a sub you know because she still doesn't really like the whole idea. Mm. So, back to your question. Grogu is out when Kylo Ren goes on a rampage. Mm, out he's recruiting on, or something? He's out recruiting, out on a peacekeeping mission, doing his mm. you know thing as one of Luke's main Jedi Knights. 
And he comes back, and it's in ruins. There's nothing there. He sets out on an adventure to find Luke um, before he disappears, because, you know, Luke pulls a Yoda. Uh, funny, which is funny because Grogu's <laughs> Grogu. That's an episode um, title. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the episode where Luke pulls a Yoda. So Luke um, kind of says, All right, "You know, I'm gonna." He does what Yoda did to Obi Wan back in uh, the end of Episode Three. I'm, you know, a failure. I'm going off into exile. Um, remember, you know, bye. Remember me, whatever. He goes. And uh, Grogu is, you know, upset. He doesn't know what to do. He's lost. He doesn't, um, at this point, he doesn't know. This is years before Rey, and he Leia does her, starts to um, do her own thing, and there's really not much for him. Mm-hmm. So he decides to find um, another part where we overlap. He def- decides to find um, the uh, Mandalorian uh-huh. and Ahsoka because Ahsoka has been MIA. And now that there's um, um, a resistance building up and the new orders around, he feels like there's, he has to do something. There's, he doesn't want to be, there's no direct connection to him uh, with Luke, not Luke, with Ray and uh, Poe and Finn. But, he's too proactive and too attuned with the force to let the whole dark side rising Mm -hmm. slide. So he seeks out Mando to help seek out Ahsoka who's been MIA. And I think he has his own adventures dealing with offshoots of the uh, first order and all of this stuff kind of to the side that may directly affect some of the stuff we see in the movies. Like maybe it helped blow up Starkiller base or something, you know, but but definitely not associated with the cast. And I think the end game here is he convinces um, Ahsoka to join him in creating a new school. Maybe not even a Jedi school because Ahsoka is so adverse to that. School and for wayward Force users? <laughs> for Force users, yeah, pretty much. Because um, obviously there's something wrong with the Jedi teaching in canon. I don't think what would what happened in... Uh, with Kylo Ren would have happened to the Luke we knew from Return of the Jedi, but uh, in canon, there's so- still something wrong with the Jedi teaching, so they just destroyed all Luke, uh, burned the tree, and burned the first temple and all the sacred texts, so to go in line with that, they start a new school for Force users, yeah. Grogu gives like his... a different sect. Right, a more pure interpretation of the Force as Luke taught it, and then Ahsoka comes in with, hey, the no cult stuff. It's kind of like, hey, this is the branch of the Catholic Church where, as a priest, you can get married and all this stuff. (laughs) (laughs) So, and and I think that kind of even lines up with Rey's almost gray Jedi nature, because she Mm -hmm. was going back and forth, and she could even join in later. So that's kind of my... um, my view of it they do their own adventures they help the galaxy in their own so way they, and then they, they are abstaining real... from the politics of the sequel trilogy by discovering wayward youth force users and just training them in the ways of the force and guiding them without indoctrinating them into any kind of um or jedi order yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you know they could pass along the information of like Hey, or the or the philosophies of hey, with this power comes responsibility. You should try to help. <laughs> and the, the force is in all living things, right. like 
we don't. But like the peacekeeping thing, you want to use your powers to help what you can. You don't want to fall to the dark side too much. Hey, but if you pull a little from it, that might be too bad. No, push all your emotions down. There's this whole week, we're going to kick you out of the order. No, right. it's, all that stuff's gone. And it's more of, and I think that's really more in line with what Ray has, is mm-hmm. going to become. And she could even join in. And, um, yeah. And they, well, and they, they abstain from the, um, the galactic intrigue and politics during the sequel trilogy, right. not really by choice, but because he has no, you know, it's hard to tell if you're out on the outer rim or something, it's hard to tell what Ray is doing. It's I not mean, like it's that like, becomes. We're doing important work here, finding these yeah. like force sensitive people. Cause no one like the Jedi are like a myth now, basically. So it's like, well, I think it, they wouldn't even be up to that yet. It would be more him seeking out Ahsoka being, uh-huh. you know, that would I would think that would take them a long, you know maybe they meet up after Starkiller Base blows up like seven planets, that would f- make a wave in the force and maybe they that helps him seek her out or they meet up that helps them meet up and then the school would start because uh, th- Ahsoka could tell after seeing the rise of the Empire although she might be a little too old by then, but you know, but who what knows? I re- what I really like about this. Uh, headcanon this Grogu is I think the idea of Grogu growing up to like help find other force sensitive people is a really great purpose for Grogu because in the Mandalorian the whole thing was he needs to be with his kind like he wanted to go with Luke there's so many unanswered questions that he has about the force and like just being able to use the force Mm -hmm. without knowing what it is it puts a target on your back it does all these things so I think Grogu as he grows up is going to really appreciate what Luke did for him and then the idea of him doing that to others later in life, I think, exactly. is a really great development. And it gives this idea of, like, just because there's no Jedi Order anymore, no Jedi School, doesn't mean that there aren't Force-sensitive people out there that need some sort of community, that need some sort of guidance. And being yeah. able to be like, we can guide these people without getting involved in politics makes a great sense and then i hear take ahsoka for example she's one that probably has a similar sentiment she's one that's like i'm a force user i was in the jedi order and i left it wasn't for me but that doesn't make me like just any other person now like i'm still a force user and like the idea of having a community for that is important because then you have like broom boy for example in the sequel (laughs) trilogy it's like they're out there and there's hope in that and there's importance in that and that that doesn't mean like broom boy has to grow up to be a lightsaber wielding jedi but he can. But he should know what it means, what the force means, what that means, and how to use it, how to be responsible with it, how to not get a target put on your back and well that's that's one of the big things express it peacefully yeah because grogu grew up being chased yeah and now during the um, the age of resistance you have the new uh the first order they're grabbing up jedi or force users for that whole snoke um it's not a clone he's a strand cast thing Mm -hmm. they're you the emperor's still around doing this they're you know and that's never going to change and they're probably still they're not going to stop trying to hunt for force sensitive people because this whole cloning thing is such a big part of the sequel trilogy it's like with grogu out of the picture thanks to luke's involvement they're going to need other – they're probably yeah. doing the same thing to a bunch of other potential targets. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And Somebody's going to always be after force users. Yeah. Having a back, having a community to back you up would be helpful. Plus, if you just you know discovered force powers, it would kind of freak you out. Yeah, and <laughs> also that we've seen how far force powers can progress into things like force healing and force projection and stuff. And it's right. like if we're able to work together, pass down our knowledge, we can expand our connection with the force. And in a few generations. We'll look what we'll be able to accomplish through just right. force knowledge advancement, right? Just through mm-hmm. like-minded, curious minds getting together, experimenting with what they can do with the force. I think it's brilliant. Yeah, and without this whole Jedi kind of sect, you might it might be a little easier to stop people from falling to the dark side. If we kind of try to combine them That's right. and let emotion go either way, you might have fewer crazy, you know... Sith. But, you know, it's good to have a team in case a couple do pop up, though. Yeah, and maybe some of them will want more and go on and choose the path of a Jedi, and this would have to be way later, (laughs) because there is no Jedi school anymore, but maybe they'll find Rin at some point or something, but, uh, not Rin, Rey, um, at some point. Well, she's hardly a, I mean, I think she would drop it if... Somebody yeah, came up you, with a better. She, I think the the ending there was implied that she was going to pick things back up and keep Jedi's so. going. Uh, maybe, but they did burn. Tim the interpretation, I think. But I don't think there's going to stop being Jedi warriors. You know, I I think that's like a option for Force sensitive people. I think yeah. not just snagging up every foreign sensitive person and forcing like training them to be a Jedi, like in the prequel trilogy. Now we've kind of evolved to be like, here's Force using 101, and then you can choose to go to an advanced program if you want to, or you can just go home. You know, it's like, <laughs> like you don't, and you're just part of a group now that meets once a month or something. It's like you don't have to like. <laughs> right, you, you could come, you, jump in on the Zoom call. Yeah, exactly. You're an alumni now. Exactly. You're just go in, to yeah. your class reunion or something. You don't mm-hmm. have to like. Well, I don't think they would even teach it there. I don't think uh, it would be hard pressed to restart the Jedi Order in any other way. That's why I don't think there are going to be Jedi. They'll be Jedi in name only because Luke's gone and he hardly had any information about the. Mm -hmm. I mean, he sought out um, what are they called holocrons and stuff, so he had an idea, but he burned a bunch of that stuff. So there's not much out there. There's probably more Sith holocrons out there, which is not good. And that's something else he was supposed to be doing. I don't know if you ever did it in canon, seek out that stuff so it didn't get into other hand, bad hands. But mm-hmm. um, that's, you know, something else they could do. Try to keep the bad information away and try to find some of the... Or try to, like, un-de-perverse the, the, uh, the Sith stuff and kind of make it more gray. Because I'm sure a lot of it has really good applications that would be interesting yeah there's all kinds of missions that he could theoretically be on yeah but i kind of agree with you in that the idea of like seeking out and aiding other force users and yeah it would more be more into that than fighting study you know would be a natural character progression for him mm-hmm. but who knows disney may go my way and turn him into a baker and it's say it, it, it's okay not to live up to the expectations of others. And, and there's meta to that because <laughs> people <laughs> really expect a lot of things from Grogu, the meta 
hot property. We saw the Baby Yoda float on the Macy's Thanksgiving oh, yeah. Day Parade. It was the big talk of the town. Which... Well, that's why he has to come back in season three. Like <laughs> he can't. That's oh, we're I not to work. This that, is not yeah, the last I, we've seen of I Baby know, Yoda. I, but I had to think he's not going to stay with Luke for that long. I had that. That was super important for me to work in. Well, maybe because... if they do like a Luke show, you have it's, you, you kick it off with Luke and Baby Yoda. I don't think they're going to do a Luke show. I would love one. I think but it's, it's inevitable. I don't think so. You think so? Yes, they're already testing uh, how to make a de-aged Luke. Of course they're going to do it. Maybe. Of course. Of course. If not a Luke show, a lot of stuff with Luke in it for sure. But yeah. That that's I believe. A, that's yeah. one like it's happening. Anyway, that's our Grogu AU headcanon. <laughs> Yeah, I think they're pretty good, Charles. I think I, they're pretty good. I think they're pretty good, too. Um, I'm impressed. I think both really solid options. Um, we'll have to wait and see what Disney has in store for the character. One thing we know for certain is that Grogu will not be taking part in any of the sequel trilogy shenanigans. So none of these characters talk about him. No, he exists. Luke just totally is not thinking about him in the sequel trilogy so right. you have to wonder what's going on and, and these well, are Luke's two not thinking really about good much options. in the sequel trilogy <laughs> <laughs> it's true he's thinking about um milking his alien species and right thinking. so quick yeah she wouldn't be she would be old but she wouldn't be dead old and i don't know how that species ages either yeah but know? even then she would be like i don't know what 70 something she'd be like as old as grogu yeah She'd be maybe a little older, and we do see her aging more like a human being would age. You know, she was kind of like a teenager in the beginning of the Clone Wars, and now she's very much like early twenties, maybe late twenties. How old would she be? I guess. I think she. It's like a solid thirty years. Actually, she's probably like fifty. I well, Luke is fifty-three, so she's got. I'm talking about in the Mandalorian. How old is she? Like when oh, see- yeah, no, I, I think she's pr- probably... In The Mandalorian... No, it's only five years after Return of the Jedi. The Mandalorian? Yeah, yeah. but then Return of the Jedi is like, what, 25 years after... Um, I think it might be 20 years. The um, Revenge oh, wait, of the no. Sith? It's he, like, it's, it's 20, the age it's of about Luke. 20 years. <laughs> right, it's about 20 years. <laughs> right, so if we're seeing so, her... Twenty five years 40, later, yeah, she's probably forty five in the Mandalorian, around there, give or take. Yeah, she's probably the same age as the actress that plays her. So yeah, I mean, at least close. Yeah, yeah she's yeah, she could still be kicking. Plus, Jedi live forever anyway. They got Force going through them. Yeah, maybe she that could species still be kicking, has but, a longer yeah. lifespan, but she very much like she's definitely appears to be aging at the same rate as a human being. Yeah. But, but even if she did, she would be like 60-something, 70. She, as a Jedi, she could still be flipping around. Right. Look oh. at Dooku, you know? <laughs> oh, yes, with that smug look of superiority in his advanced <laughs> years. <laughs> um, but, yeah, that's it, guys. Um, yeah, yeah, excited to see where the Grogu stuff ends up going. And, um, you know, in the meanwhile, we'll be thinking about Boba, for the, Boba Fett for the Book of Boba. We'll be thinking oh, yeah. about... All kinds of other stuff as well. And you're not going to want to miss any of it at all. I agree. 
Glad you think that. We'll Glad you think that way. <laughs> I, thought you, I thought you were going to do a sign off. No. Okay. <laughs> All right, sign guys. Offs. All right. We'll see you next time, guys. Goodbye. <laughs> see ya. Roger, Roger. Roger, Roger. Roger, Roger. Roger.